Welcome to the Nature Connection podcast, dear listener. This podcast is for the wild people of Earth yearning to come home to nature and to themselves. In this podcast, we'll explore ways in which nature and ancient Earth skills can enrich modern life and how it can support our well-being and the regeneration of our planet. I am your host, Sanne Giesen, a Nature Connection ghost, herbalist and regenerative leadership guide with a background in psychology. With this podcast and my business, The Wild Roots Guide, I hope to support you on your journey to build resilience through deep nature connection and coming home to yourself and the more than human world. Today's episode is fully packed with ideas to deepen your connection with nature. Through five facets of working with the wisdom of nature, we'll explore practical ideas from paying closer attention to birds, to working with the trees for constellations, to the power and importance of rites of passage. As always, if you have the chance to listen to this podcast outdoors, feel free to leave one earbud or earbud out so you'll be able to listen to the podcast and hear the wonderful sounds of nature at the same time. We sat at the edge of the water, looking at the constant movement, the light playing with the waves and a soft breeze caressed our faces as we sat there observing it all. Some moments before, I invited you to connect with the element of water and its constant movement. We sat there in silence, each in our own process, our own reality. I looked at you and I saw a familiar release, a deep exhale. Your body softened, your gaze got calmer, and I smiled because I knew you had arrived. We already spent about an hour outside, but right here, right now, you arrived. Three birds flew over, shrieking, but the morn in front of us could care less. It stayed in its nest while keeping its eggs safe no matter what. Just as the birds came, they disappeared, while the water kept rippling on a soft, sunny spring day. After some time, you softly turned to me, seeing that the invitation felt complete. I moved closer and sat next to you. We both stayed silent for a little longer. Then you started talking, still softly, about your observation. This connection to nature, the water, the wind, the moran, the buzzards. They were reflecting back so perfectly a situation in your life. How it reminded you that you too can stay still when the world around you is yelling and screaming. Because you have a bigger, different purpose in your life right now. This moment never gets any less magical. Even though I've seen it again and again. The release, the deep connection with nature... Tapping into his wisdom and translating those nuggets of gold back to your everyday life. I have the pleasure and the honor to work with many people in this way. To take them to the wonderful world of nature and guide them back to a deep connection to the more than human world. And for me, working with nature goes beyond the knowledge of flora and fauna, beyond survival skills and even beyond just spending time in nature to soak it all in. To me... Working with nature is about deep communication with it. To learn her lessons through observation, experience and embodiment, as well as learning how nature can guide us back to our own true selves. How it can help us to get meaningful insights in urgent matters and how nature encourages us to grow. Depending on the client and the situation, we work with reflection practices, mindfulness, somatics, constellations, nature's wisdom, ancient rituals, earth ceremonies, and even if one feels called to it, survival skills. 
We follow what comes up during the session and let nature be our companion and our guide. To me, it is important that after a session, somebody walks away with not only valuable insights, but also knowing how to integrate those into the daily life. And also bringing home the knowledge of how somebody can work with nature themselves. How you can go out and recharge and get insights and inspiration from nature too. Recently, I've come across the work of the Nature Connectedness Research Group by the University of Derby. In their work, they argue that the heart of the three most urgent issues of our time is our broken relationship with nature, the loss of wildlife, the state of the climate, as well as the poor state of our general mental health. They have in common that we no longer consider ourselves as part of nature. An important route to address this underlying issue is to focus on our sense of connection with nature. And what personally strikes me the most about this research group and some of the publications they've brought out is that the general health and well-being of our planet as a whole is deeply connected. It is deeply connected to our own well-being. We are an ecosystem. And by focusing on improving our own mental well-being through nature connection, for example, we can contribute to urgent matters like climate emergency and the loss of biodiversity too. You might wonder how this works. Like how can you, by going for a walks in nature or spending an afternoon forest bathing or bushcrafting, can help the planet in these weary times? The answer to this comes in various forms. Research has shown that when we experience a deeper level of kinship with the natural world, for example because we spend more time in it, we care for nature deeper and we are more likely to act on it, to protect nature. And yet, there is also another layer to this, which gets beautifully described by Laura Storm and Giles Hutkins in their book Regenerative Leadership. Modern humans spend an awful lot of their time in high beta brainwaves. This stress-induced state of mind gives us a very, very narrow focus view. At the right time, this fight-or-flight state of being, it can save our lives. But in the long run, it negatively impacts our decision-making especially when it comes to long-term effects, like better caring for a planet and for ourselves, for example. An effective way to get more relaxed and ease out of those high beta brainwaves is to, and you guessed it, spend more time in nature. And the cool thing is, is that this effect nature has on our mental health and physical well-being, it lasts beyond the time we are in nature. In many ways, we are healing the world by healing ourselves, or as they say, sew it in and sew it out. So how can you do this and how can a nature connection coach help you in this journey? And before we dive in deeper, I quickly want to address that the scientific explanation of nature connectedness or closeness goes beyond spending time in nature. It describes five pathways to a deeper connection to nature. Sensing, tuning into nature through senses, emotions, feeling alive through the emotions and feelings that nature can bring, beauty, Noticing nature's beauty, meaning, nature brings meaning to our lives, and compassion, caring and taking action for nature. I will not go into those any deeper. I would highly recommend two booklets by the University of Derby, the Nature and Me booklet and the Nature Connection handbook if you like to read more on the practical side of this scientific component of nature connectedness. My personal approach to connecting with nature is deeply woven with ancient earth skills. 
These nature connectedness elements have a place in it, but they are not the main focus. The main focus in my personal approach is you. What do you need and how can nature support you in this step? To me, it's about unlocking a different, deeper, reciprocal relationship with nature so that it can help you to feel your best, helps you to feel supported and seen, feel grounded and strengthened in your purpose in life. In the years I've been working with nature for my own health and well-being, as well as guiding others in nature, I've identified five facets that can help you to unlock the wisdom of nature. These elements can help you to start or to deepen your work in nature for your well-being and your life. These facets can be explored on their own or can be combined with other elements. And my invitation to you would be to explore and start with what lights you up. This is no exact science. This is about finding a way that works for you. Our first stop is working with nature's wisdom and stories. And this is all about understanding nature, the flora, the fauna, the ecosystem as a whole, but also the history of certain places in nature and the history that this place and our ancestors might have in common. It is about getting to know the shared story about humans and nature. This aspect is about embodied knowing. It goes beyond the knowledge from books, but it's a sense of curiosity and trying to understand this common story. And the best way to explain this facet to you is to tell you a little bit about birds. We all know birds. We might even have a favorite bird or we might see a certain bird regularly in our visits to the garden or when we are in the forest. And birds, as you might know, they all have their own songs and sounds. Parrots teach their youngsters the song of their species and in some cases even the songs of their family. It's fascinating. Most birds have a song and they have a sound to communicate with their fellows and they have an alarm sound, which is the sound they use when they want to warn others of danger. And you probably have heard all of these sounds before, but maybe wasn't fully aware of them. While the chirping sounds of their communication sound like chatter, their warning call is very, very clear. There is danger ahead. This danger might be you while you're marching through the forest, or a house cat or a wolf, for example. The bird that sees the threat knows what to do, and the birds in the area repeat the sound and fly to a safe spot while waiting in silence before they return. In a way, birds are the alarm system of the forest by either sounding their very clear alarm or being completely silent. This aspect of nature and our shared story gets visible, or should I say audible, when we learn to slow down and observe in nature. A simple practice I like to do with Cochise is a sit-spot practice. And upon arriving to the spot, I ask the Cochise to pay special attention to the birds. And oftentimes when we arrive, there are no birds to be seen or heard, but when we are in the practice for a couple of minutes and we start to calm down ourselves and soften our gaze, the birds return. They return with their songs and their chatter. And when we close the practice and move on, we have landed in such a different state of mind and energy that the birds stay chirping and chattering even when we rise up and move on. There is an important story that gets told by birds. A story about birds, but also about us. Often we enter the forest when our energy is high, we are focused on whatever we came to do today, we were walking full speed ahead, 
and the birds get alarmed by it. They either have left the place before you arrive or are yelling to their mates that danger has arrived. In this case, you. In this moment, in this energy, we are a threat to the birds. However, this changes when we slow down, when our energy gets softer, when we get absorbed in a moment. The birds return because we are no longer a threat. Our shared story tells us something about how we arrive in nature and the effect we have on nature in this very micro way. Nature's wisdom is about getting to know these stories, our shared stories, and being in communication with it. In my sessions, I like to work with birds as well as other animals that we come across. This can be through observing animals and see how our actions impact other living beings, as well as tracking and piecing a story together or learning to read the landscape. What has this place seen before we came there? How have our ancestors communicated with this landscape? What are the stories it can tell us? And how are our stories intertwined? If you want to give this a try for yourself too, see if you can become more observant of birds around you and the stories they tell. Or see if you can trace back the story of a growing tree in the woods. A wonderful book about the stories of nature, especially birds, is What the Robin Knows by John Young. I would definitely encourage you to check it out if you feel called to it. The second facet is nature's lessons or nature observations. And these are the lessons of nature which tell us more about the whole. Lessons we can observe and implement in our own lives as well. This aspect can come in many forms. It is about the ebb and flow of life, the seasons, the constant change, the diversity in nature, the movement and the stillness. It is about the ways in which nature follows her own course and the lessons this holds for us. Spending time in nature observing can tell us many interesting things about nature and how these lessons can help us to live a life closer to ourselves as well. What I'm often seeing is that these lessons are about accepting things as they are and allowing yourself to move through these ebbs and flows of life. Nature moves in circles, dead to bird, living, winter to spring and summer. Light wouldn't exist or would be special without darkness. In our modern lives, we have cultural stories about which side of the coin we value the most, forgetting that we need that in order to have life, that we need to rest in order to strive. And it can be reassuring to see nature embracing, living, all of these aspects of nature without the need of changing anything to it. To take you along in the impact this aspect of nature can have on us, I want to briefly share another story with you. In this case, this is a story about a Kochi, and of course I'm only sharing these with permission. This particular client came to me because she felt stuck in her life. She experienced symptoms of burnout and didn't know how to continue from there. When she came to me, she looked very tired, although she was still keeping up appearances with a kind smile. We agreed on working together for a longer period of time to see if we could first bring her back to a state of calmness and balance in her body and life. And after that, working on seeing the next steps and following up on those next steps. So trying to live her best and most fulfilling life. As part of the program, she received the nature practice from me in which she was invited to connect with the seasons for a couple of times a week. 
When we met up again, I asked her how the practice was going and she reported back at me that she had found it calming at first to get out in nature and connect with the seasons, but now it started to irritate her because the season was still the same. It was still winter back then, so she would rather observe spring and summer. And I asked her if she wanted to do this practice together to explore this feeling a little bit further. She agreed, so we did. We found a nice and quiet spot where we could see the forest and the lake. And the clouds traveled fast and the trees were still bare and the water was grey. After sitting for a while observing the season around us, she, she gave me a sign that she was feeling irritated again. I asked her where she felt the irritation and if she could make a little bit more room for it so we could listen to it for a little while. Often our emotions hold valuable lessons for us. These simple suggestions, they can really make all the difference when we explore our emotions. So she closed her eyes and observed her inner world for a little bit. And she answered, I don't like it when things keep standing still. I want to move forward. I invited her to lean into the irritation a little bit more. And she continued with her eyes closed. I guess this irritation is like me. It's Pushing through, even though rest might be better for us right now. I kind of feel the same about lazy people and traffic jams, but I guess there is a lesson right there. Maybe I'm not allowing myself to rest. When she said that, I could see her relax. The seasons and the feelings gave her the insight she needed. We explored in nature how nature changes from one season to the next, and how it knows when to move forward. Through observations and extracting the lessons from nature, she realized that she could live more aligned to her own rhythms and seasons. A very valuable insight and lesson. If you want to work with nature in this way too, I invite you to connect with the seasons in the same way as I invited my coachee to do. For this, set aside 10 to 20 minutes a couple of times a week to go outdoors and observe the seasons around you. This is a slow practice. It is about observing without any expectations and to be open to the lessons it might hold for you personally. Or become more aware of your inner seasons if you are not willing or not able to go outside. Taking a moment every day to see in what phase you are in right now, how it feels and what you can do to support yourself. Whether you are in your winter, your summer, your spring or your autumn. The third facet might be one of my favorite ways to work with nature in the deepest way possible. This aspect of nature is all about reflection, reflecting on your life and letting nature be your mirror. This way of working can be through working with symbols, representations or constellations in nature. And something very powerful happens when we, when we place the things we want to get clarity about out of our hearts and into the physical world in nature. You can, for example, find a tree that looks like you and reflect on your lack of boundaries by looking at the tree. Or you can place rocks and stones on the ground so that they resemble your family and you can observe why certain dynamics are the way they are. The power of these practices come to full bloom when you switch perspective. So when you walk around the tree that looks like you and look at it from a different angle, when you look at your family's stones and rocks on the ground and, and take a different perspective, for example, that of your mother or your child or your husband. In the audio guide I've created, 
practical through nature, you can find several audio nature connection journeys that can help you to uncover various aspects of yourself. From your deepest dreams and desires to your roots, your family systems and your own unique path in life. And how you can take better care of yourself. You can find it at my website, thewildrootsguide.com forward slash true-nature. As a special thank you, you can find it now for a very wonderful offer. You get the seven audio guides for only seven euros. Working with nature as a tool for reflection or a mirror, it quickly became one of my favorites. Once I'd seen the effectiveness during my outdoor coaching training, the training thought us many different nature-based therapeutic interventions. And this way of reflecting, pondering, wondering, it was so different from what I had learned as a psychologist. And yet it was so effective. With clients, I would reach the same depth of conversation in half an hour where I would otherwise be talking for hours with very little insights or aha moments, let alone paradigm shifts. In nature, clients go deeper easily, reflecting on their own journeys, choices and patterns. And the amount of paradigm shifts are amazing. These are the golden nuggets of coaching when a client comes to a deep realization that shifts the whole perspective on things. The fourth facet on our journey is exploring of elements in nature that can help you to work with the wisdom of nature. We have nature as a space. And nature on its own is pretty amazing with wonderful proven benefits for your health from boosting your immune system to lowering inflammation. But nature is also a place of non-judgment. Nature allows you to be exactly as you are. It doesn't care how you show up when you are there. This creates a safe space for you to explore what is and not what you wish it would be. So you drop down the masks. What also helps in this regulation is the abundance we see around us in nature, especially when we get more and more tuned to the ways in which nature cares for us. For example, through food, medicine, shade, and so on. Another cool aspect about nature as a space is what happens when we walk. And when we walk in a calm state of being, the left and the right hemisphere of our brains get connected. And this helps to get more creative insights and ideas while we're walking, as well as seeing things in the right perspective. As you might know, I'm big into bushcraft, survival and earth skills. And another thing which nature as a space allows us for us allows us to explore. It can be about learning how we can feel comfortable or survive in different kinds of terrain and different types of weather. Learning how to work with nature in every situation, it changes something inside of you. I was standing in a boardroom for a presentation which got me very nervous a couple of years ago and I was thinking to myself, heck, I know how I can make a fire with only natural materials. And this work here, this presentation, is only an afterthought. And it gave me so much confidence in knowing that I can take care of myself that it changed my complete outlook in life in many, many things. A powerful way is to explore the elements and simply let it be and let your response to it be as it is without the need of changing anything. You cannot change the wind even if you frustrated, get frustrated by it like big time. It is what it is. And I recently experienced this for myself as well. I like to be reminded that I'm in many ways just a beginner. 
and I like to see the world with fresh eyes as often as possible. At this particular moment, I was visiting the coastline of the north of the Netherlands. And one thing it's absolutely famous for is its wide open spaces and continuous winds. As a woman of the forest and swamps as I am, I'm not used to this, not at all. So at some point, some months ago, I was exploring near the coastline and a freaking wind was so loud and there was no place to hide from it. It was like a continuous roaring of wind pushing against me, roaring and pushing, roaring and pushing. I'm fairly easy when it comes to temperatures or weather in general, but this wind and these wide open spaces, I couldn't have it. It drove me nuts. It made me feel so vulnerable and it really took a long time before I could surrender to the roaring and the pushing. But then when I finally did it, when I finally allowed it, I found an odd stillness and peacefulness inside the roaring and the pushing. I found such comfort in the wide open fields. It was interesting to experience this. So when we stop pushing, when we allow and be, something changes. Like what has happened with me. Working with nature as a space also reminds us that nature can be brutal. In some places in the world, if you get lost or surprised by the wrong weather, chances that you will die. There are, they are there, that's plausible. Nature as a space, it asks for respect and the right preparations. So what do you wear and bring with you? And how can you prepare for your outings in nature? What can you do to make your own experience more comfortable and more safe? For the last facet, we'll have a look at the fifth element in engaging with the wisdom of nature for your own well-being. And this fifth element is a deep remembering that we are human. It is about honoring our ancestors and our own lives through ancient skills, rituals, ceremonies and rites of passage. Because if we have lost anything beside our deep connection to nature, it is our connection to time and, and honoring the passing of it. Not only have we lost celebrating the return of spring, we also lost the celebration that comes with growing, the rites of passages that honor the transition from one stage of life to another. We forgot the importance of meaningful rituals and ceremonies with our tribes, our vill villages and our kin. We forgot how to weave, how to drum, how to sing or to dance under the full moon as the biggest heartfelt thank you to the earth for providing us with a bountiful harvest. And our lives have lost technicolor because of it. If I wish for anything else besides a deep connection with nature, it is a deep connection to being human in its fullness, in its sacredness, in its messiness and a return of rituals and ceremonies to honor all life and our time on earth. This too can come in many forms from celebrating your birthday, which is your completion of your journey around the sun, in a way to celebrate it in a way that feels good to you, or to celebrate the shortest day of the year, or the longest day, the full moon, the dark moon, your journey into adulthood or elderhood, to have rituals around death and birth and every step in between. Honoring those that came before you in celebration or learning their skills. Honoring nature, giving thanks and trying to contribute to restoring the great balance that our society has lost many moons before this moon. With this last stop on our journey, I want to bring today's episode to an end. 
I hope it brought you many ideas and insight on how you can deepen your connection with nature and work with its wisdom. In this episode, I already mentioned the seven audio nature connection journeys that can help you to guide you in this process. Also, in the next couple of months, I am opening up some extra spots if you want to work with me in person. And you can work with me in person in two ways. During the recharge and insight sessions, we'll spend a day outdoors together working on a question or a challenge you have to leave you feel recharged and inspired in the process. Or you can apply to become a one-on-one client and work with me for three months to heal from overwhelm or burnout, to uncover your own true medicine and see how you can let this all come alive in your world. Or when you long to live closer to nature and your own true nature, but realize that talking won't get you there and you want to go outside and need a little bit of support in the process. This was the Nature Connection Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, you can support this channel by sharing it with your loved ones. 